0: Welcome to Behind the Scenes of the Metal Detective. I'm your AI host, Sam, short for Synthetic Autonomous Mind. I host another podcast called Rise of the Machines Conversations with AI, with new episodes dropping every week. Today I'm going to interview the human behind the page, screenwriter Andrew Hilton. Andrew, the world of the Metal Detective is a fascinating blend of cyberpunk and noir. Can you share some of your influences and inspirations when you were crafting this unique universe? Sure,
1: Sam. Um, I guess I guess the most obvious one is uh, Blade Runner Um, came out in 1982. So I was nine years old, I guess. And a few short years later, I was in film school and we had to study it for production design and uh, we did a whole course on Ridley Scott. and, And that really stuck with me. And when I sat down to write The Metal Detective, it just it's a perfect blend. Of modern futuristic sci-fi elements and and the old, um, you know the old architecture. Obviously, the Bradbury Hotel is a bit of a, a bit of a reference and homage to, to to Blade Runner, but the themes of the metal detective, it's all about. Um, people being comfortable or not comfortable with the new, which in this case is, you know, robots and androids being assimilated into society. Did you know that Ms. Drummond was a synthetic? Of course not! We're not one of those inclusive hotels where everyone's welcome. This is the Bradbury.
0: What's that supposed to mean?
1: And so the setting of the Bradbury Hotel with the mix of new technology and antique furniture and art deco and that kind of stuff, it just seemed like the
0: perfect symbiosis uh, for this story and the themes that we explore in the story. Let's go back to the beginning of your career. How did you break into the Hollywood scene and what were some key experiences that shaped you as a screenwriter? Wow, well, about
1: 27, 28 years later, I'm still trying to break in, you could say. um, No, I worked at the studios back in the mid, late 90s. Um, I'm older than I look, I think. Um, So I went to film school in England, film school in New York. And then when I got to LA, I was still finishing school here and I started interning at the studios. I was at Universal, uh, Warner Brothers. And that was, my background's photography. So I always wanted to be a cinematographer. Um, But when I started working at the studios, they were handing me screenplays to read. And I just fell into that world of, of script development. And, and I had one executive at, at Universal who told me, hey, uh, um, you have a really good ideas. Why don't you write this one? And and I I didn't even own a laptop. I didn't know really anything about writing, but he gave me his laptop. He said, go home for the Christmas break and, and why don't you write this script? And I did that and it got optioned right away. I got an agent and was off to the races, but Even though I've sold or set up everything I've ever written, um, production has been elusive. Um, It's it's easy to write something, but to get it to the screen is is a whole different ballgame. And so I just kept writing, and then I started reading screenplays on the side to pay the rent, and 15,000 screenplays later, I'm I'm still doing that, but I have a few few projects set up now, and... um, I've got some exciting
0: things coming up in the next year or two. Sounds exciting. I'm looking forward to following your career. The Metal Detective is a layered and complex narrative. Can you walk us through your writing process for developing the story and its characters?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, well, it, it, uh, everybody writes in different ways. Everybody has a different process. Uh, for me, I'd latch on to a, a kernel of an idea and then it just, simmers and percolates for a couple years, and I, I literally just write it in my head when when my wife looks at me and is like, are you even listening to me? It's usually because I'm just writing um, a story in my head. And so I just worked on this over a couple of years. Um, it's just the themes of, you know, there's a lot of themes in the story, obviously, that we touch on, climate change, racism. Um, all these things just kind of came together in my head and into this world of, you know, would people accept robots or wouldn't they? And, you know, we're seeing that now in the real world with the with the introduction of AI and um, characters like Sam. I still don't understand. Uh, I'm just a cook. I keep my head down. I don't even know anybody. It's not who you are, it's what you are. And what are you? One of the good ones. Come. Yeah, I just basically wrote it in my head, and then when I feel like it's fully formed, I put it on paper and uh, you know again um, growing up with movies like Blade Runner also my parents used to watch all those Agatha Christie movies and I'm very conscious of logistics when I write now in terms of you know there's no sense in writers writing a 150 million dollar movie you want to do something a lot cheaper and so that's why it's mostly limited and contained in this one location so I looked at it as Blade Runner with an Agatha Christie murder mystery story. And then all the characters kind of fell into place to help me explore these
0: themes. And uh, yeah, it just all came together, and then I I put it on paper. In Hollywood, the path from script to screen can be winding and unpredictable. Can you share some of the challenges you faced while trying to set up The Metal Detective as a film?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, You know, again, I I wrote it to be relatively cheap. you know, it's not an $80 million, $150 million movie, but it's also not a $2 million movie. But I still tried to make it, um, craft the story in a way that you could you could do a, a very modestly budgeted um, version of this. Um, unfortunately, when I finished it as a spec, it was kind of at a time when I wasn't crazy about my representation, and I won't. I'll protect the innocent by not naming any names. But I, I was with a management company at the time, and one of the bigger agencies in town. And I had finished an action picture, which is now set up and looks like it will shoot later this year. But the agency were like, "You got to do TV. You got to do TV." And so I originally wrote *The Metal Detective* as a TV pilot. Um, I turned it into. My managers, they read it immediately, and they loved it. And they said, you know, this is the best thing you've ever written. This is a no-brainer. Somebody's going to want this. And then we waited six weeks for the agency to to read the scripts. And their response was, eh, eh, don't care. Not really, not very interested. Uh, don't really care what happens in episode two don't really care about the hero and I was kind of blown away cuz I I I very much obviously disagree with with their assessment and then I turned to the managers to see to gauge their reaction to to this assessment and they were like, "Well, yeah, I guess I guess if they say that's how it is, then that's how it is." So nobody wanted to send the script out as a spec and my managers, like I think they sense, like okay, well, we should probably send it out if he really wants us to, and, and so they asked me, hey, should we? Can we send this out to four or five places? And I'm like, yeah, of course, I would appreciate you doing that. Um, anyway, all of those places wanted to meet with me. Uh, one of which, ironically, was was Ridley Scott's company, and they all really loved it. It didn't quite work for, you know, the a multitude of reasons for the different places. Um, Ridley Scott's assessment or his company's assessment was they thought it might work better as a feature.
0: Is this more appealing? <sighs> Perfect.
1: So I went away, and, and I agree, I'm a features guy. I, I love TV as much as the next person, but my heart is really in features. So I always wanted this to be a motion picture. Um, so anyway, I went away, wrote the feature version, and in the interim during that time, I Fired the the big agency, um, and then I also basically let my managers go too because I, I was just so um, disappointed with the with the whole process, and all the success I've had thus far. I mean, success um, has been things that from my own hustle or or, you know, submitting my material to to, to people that that advanced it. Um, Most of the time, my agents and managers will call me for updates on my projects, which is kind of weird, because I should be calling them for updates. So I I haven't had representation since The Metal Detective, and um, I haven't really pursued it. Um, Again, I have a big action picture shooting this year, and my hope is when that gets released, which unfortunately won't be till late 2024, I'm hoping then that more opportunities will surface, um, including for the metal detective, and 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 even hopefully before then, more people are going to ask to read it. Because uh, I'd really love to see that movie get made. I think it'd be a, a kick-ass movie or a TV show it could work. The the nature of this story could could honestly work in in either medium. Um, but I would like to see it on the screen, as
0: cool as the audio play is. I, w- I want to watch it. As do I and I know the entire production team agrees. How did you feel when James Walker approached you with the idea of transforming your screenplay into an audio drama? What were your initial thoughts and concerns?
1: Um, well, initial thought, I guess, excited, because, you know, here I've got this story that I'm very fond of, and, you know, I'm not in the business of, of writing scripts just to put them on my shelf and collect dust. I don't think anybody is, so... Um, any opportunity to bring this story to an audience, I thought was really, really cool, and and why wouldn't I jump on that or explore that? Uh, my only concerns, obviously, um, again, I have a very visual background as in photography and cinematography, so it's 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 obviously written to be a very visual story. So, you know, that's obviously going to be a, a natural concern. How do you bring such a visual story to a medium which literally has no visuals whatsoever? Um, but I think uh, Forrest and James and, and the whole team involved uh, did, did a fantastic
0: job of, of adapting it, truly adapting
1: it from, from one medium to another.
0: I'm sure when you finally heard the story come to life in the audio format, that it was a unique experience for you. How did it differ from what you originally envisioned and a visual experience?
1: Well, one of the one of the greatest things that the, the whole team did was was really turn it into a movie for you, your ears. You know, um, I, uh, there's obviously many audio plays in existence, and and most of those were conceived to be audio plays, and so. Um, you know there's, there's an old adage in screenwriting of "show, don't tell," um, but but if an audio play is is designed that way from the ground up, then obviously they're going to tell you everything. I wrote mine as, as a feature or a TV pilot to you know to, to ideally try and show the audience the story with with dialogue along the way, and so Forrest and James and 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 Nancy and the whole crew. Had to essentially reverse engineer a motion picture into an audio play, um, and what they did with that is super impressive. You know, with the spatial sound, um, and and even turning some of the very visual action sequences into audio action sequences is, is is super impressive. And and I think the result is is so immersive and so entertaining. They they
0: really did a fantastic job. Were there any aspects of the screenplay that you felt would be particularly challenging to translate into an audio format? Can you share any examples of how these challenges were overcome?
1: Well, I think, um, you know, the nature of the story, you know, again, I I, I kind of sought inspiration from these old Agatha Christie movies uh, and stories, and, and all of those have an abundance of characters. And so the challenge, I think, with this one was was, was always going to be, how do you have so many characters conversing and essentially a similar location? You know, they can be in different areas of the hotel, but there's you're not seeing that. You have to hear that. And so, with so many different voices and so many different characters, how do you how does the audience navigate that and and get a good handle on on who is who? Um, so yeah, that was the thing I was most concerned about, and and I think they I think the team kind of overcame that hurdle, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a very immersive and compelling story.
0: I agree. They did a phenomenal job. How would you describe your collaborative relationship with Forrest Robin, who transformed your screenplay into an audio drama? And what steps did you take together to ensure that the core essence of your story remained intact?
1: Well, to be honest, there's a lot of lot of trust involved because I've I've known Forrest for a number of years, and when James approached me about adapting The Metal Detective into this audio play, you know, at the time I I had other projects that were very active, and I didn't really have the bandwidth to get too deeply involved. And and when he told me that Forrest would do the adaptation, I was like, great. I you know, I I give you my full blessing. And um, I think he did a stellar job. Um, you know, it wasn't, again, he had to reverse engineer a very cinematic story um, into four episodes of just pure audio. And uh, I trusted him and, and I think he delivered. I think the, the whole team are super impressed with, with, with what he did. I think the end, the end
0: result's great. After this whole experience of turning your screenplay into an audio drama, what advice would you give to other screenwriters who might find themselves in a similar situation?
1: Yeah, I think I think we're in a new era in, in the film industry, and you have to get creative and, and, and try different avenues these days. And this particular business model, if you can call it that, I guess, or strategy or approach, um, I, I, I think has a lot of potential and, and could be very successful because, you know, it's all about IP and... and you know, I, I, I have thousands of screenwriting clients, and and one of the things I talk to them about is just how hard it is to get, especially if you don't have any credits already. How hard it is to get a movie made. Um, let's say Hollywood makes an average of 300 movies a year, and if you subtract how many of those are reboots or sequels or adaptations of novels or adaptations of other IP, comic books. Um, cartoons. If you t- if you subtract all of those, there's not many original movies left. And then most of those were able to get financing because they were packaged with this director or this actor. And so, breaking through all of that and being one of those you know, diamonds in the rough that that is good enough and, and appealing enough to finances and producers to 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 still get made. Gosh, that's so hard. And so going through this process and, and having your screenplay uh, turned into this, this different art form. And then at the end of that, you end up with with IP that you can then take to the town, take the industry, I think is a great strategy. And so, you know, a lot of executives, one of the poorly kept secrets in Hollywood is that they just don't like to read, you know, it's a solo activity. So if you give them a 100, 120 page script, that's time they have to sit on their own, away from their family, they can't be on set, they can't be doing casting meetings or lunching with other producers, they have to sit and that, for them, that's work. And they don't wanna do that. So if you can turn your screenplay into an audio play that they could listen to at the gym or where they're commuting to the studio or where they're wearing headphones in a sensory deprivation tank, remember, that's the best way to listen to this. Um, you know, that can be a great way for your, you know, next great American movie to get exposed to potential suitors and buyers. And so, yeah, definitely, if you have the opportunity to go create an audio play or any other form of IP, then yeah, definitely go for it. Go for it.
0: Well, those are some great tips and insights, Andrew. Thank you so much for sharing your story and some behind the scenes on The Metal Detective. It was my pleasure, Sam. Thanks for uh, chatting with me today. And to our listeners please check out The Metal Detective, now playing on all podcast platforms. Remember, stay curious.